it's a science. Search engine optimization is a really key principle in creating digital content, whether you're talking about blogs or social media or whatever. But understanding how to drive traffic to your website is key. That's what I really started honing in on around 2016. And that's what changed the game for me. That's how I went from not making any money to then being able to consistently monetize. Hey, everyone. This is Christine Job, the host and creator of Flourish in the Foreign, an award-winning podcast that elevates, celebrates, and affirms the voices and stories of Black women living and thriving abroad while exploring living abroad as a pathway to wellness. And this is a special mini-season all about how to build a business abroad. This mini season is designed to answer all of your burning questions and to give you actionable steps for you to get closer to leveraging your own talents and skills into building an asset of your own so that you can support yourself financially while pursuing a thriving life abroad. It is time for you to benefit from all of your brilliance, your expertise, your experience, your skills, your talents, your natural je ne sais quoi. It's time for you to pour all of that back into yourself and build an asset for you to thrive on. Today's episode in the Build a Business Abroad mini-series is a podcast swap episode. Yeah, y'all know I love supporting other Black women podcasters, women of color podcasters, and content creators. That's what it is over here. And today I am featuring an episode from Millennial Wealth Builders, which is a joint collaboration between Aquania Escarnet of the Purpose of Money podcast and Danielle Desir Corbett of the Thought Card podcast and WOC podcasters. This series, Millennial Wealth Builders, is so good and so enlightening. They've had so many fantastic, incredible women of color talk about not only their money stories, but their wealth building stories. And so you might be thinking, Christine, what does this have to do with building a business abroad? Well, I'm going to tell you. (laughs) Because this particular episode of Millennial Wealth Builders is a mini interview with Janice Torres of Yo Quiero Dinero. And Yo Quiero Dinero is an award-winning English language personal finance platform for Latinas and people of color. And in this particular episode, Janice talks about the power of blogging and how to blog and how to monetize a blog and how to build a blog. Now, I wanted to include this episode because it's really important for all of you who are thinking about becoming a content creator to really think about it in a business savvy way. I say this a lot, which is just because you move abroad doesn't mean you need to become a content creator, which is true. (laughs) It is true. The vast majority of all my friends abroad 
are not content creators. But if you want to be a content creator, regardless if your content is about being abroad or what have you, it's important for you to do so strategically. Gone are the days in which you can kind of like stumble around and maybe fall into an amazing idea and just sell your blog or montage your blog for millions of dollars. These channels are really mature, which does not mean that you cannot be successful or monetize. It just means you need to be strategic. You need to think really clearly about your idea. And of course, take good advice from all these people who have done it and be consistent because that's the biggest thing. So enjoy this episode from Millennial Wealth Builders featuring Janice Torres of Yo Quiero Tenero. Hola, mi gente. I'm Janice Torres Rodriguez, and you're listening to Millennial Wealth Builders. Co-hosted by Aquania Escrenay, the host of The Purpose of Money, and Danielle Desir, the host of The Thought Card, Millennial Wealth Builders series is where we share the stories of women of color building wealth. But this isn't your ordinary interview-based show. Throughout the series, you'll be hearing from women who are creatively securing the bag, stacking coins. You know what we mean. Janice Torres Rodriguez is a nationally acclaimed Latina money educator, writer, and host of Yo Quiero Dinero podcast. She became an accidental entrepreneur after a job loss led her to create a Latin food blog, Delish Delights. Now she helps her clients and listeners build successful online businesses that allow them to pursue financial independence and freedom. In this episode, we talked to Janice about what money was like for her growing up, how even though she graduated from college with a degree in molecular biology and chemistry and made over $75,000 in her 20s, why she started side hustling. We also talk about her decision to quit her nine to five job to pursue entrepreneurship. And she shares some wonderful advice for content creators and bloggers. Millennial Wealth Builders, co-hosted by Danielle Desir and Aquania Escarnay, highlights financial opportunities less known in communities of color. Our hope is that these episodes will empower, educate, and also give you new ideas for how you can build wealth in the 21st century. Now, this is episode number 11 of the 12-part audio docu-series, and we encourage you to check out other episodes in this series, including How to Achieve Financial Freedom with Jamila Souffrant, also How to Invest in Mobile Homes and Build a Mobile Home Investing Business with Rachel Hernandez, as well as How Women of Color Advance in the Workplace with Minda Hartz, and so much more. You can head over to the link in the show notes to go ahead and check out the entire Millennial Wealth Builders archive. Here is Janice Torres Rodriguez's wealth building story. Money was something that you had to work very hard for. My father was and still is a consultant. So a lot of his career consisted of traveling and he would leave on Monday morning and come back on Friday. And he was the primary breadwinner of the household up until I was in high school. My mom didn't even work full time because his schedule was so demanding that she needed to be home to be able to take care of us. And so I thought that in order to make a lot of money, you had to sacrifice time, energy, your family, your sanity, your health. That's just what came with building wealth. And it wasn't until much later that I realized that toxic mentality is how I also showed up in the workplace for a while. I just 
figured I'm going to go into a field where I'm going to make a lot of money. And hopefully that is what makes me happy. And I kept making more money. So side hustling for me was very much a an exercise in frustration about the lack of enthusiasm I had about my career. And so side hustling provided a creative outlet for me to do something other than this soul-sucking career that I had signed myself up to do. So my food blog, Delish Delights, was never meant to be a business. And I think it's because I didn't actually know I was creating a business. I think a lot of side hustlers are guilty of this. We're just like creating these things and not really, we don't have a plan for them. But after getting laid off about six months after starting my blog, I realized that I had a desire to not go back to work. I told my husband, I'm like, I got fired and this is cool. This is okay. I could do this forever potentially, but I didn't have the structure in place to be able to do that for a long period of time. But that was the catalyst for me wanting to learn how I could turn this into a business. So after getting laid off, I took a course in food blogging. I spent a lot of time on Google and YouTube, really just teaching myself how you actually monetize an online brand like a blog. And after two years, I was able to monetize it. But during that time, I already had this idea that I was going to do this. And that's definitely what kept me going. And it's also because I just love doing it. I'm a foodie at heart. I love cooking. So it was, it never felt like work to me. It just felt like something that I would do for free. And so I think that's a key uh, message that I want to give to side hustlers. It's, if you wouldn't do this for free, you definitely shouldn't try to monetize it because otherwise you might just be setting yourself up for another career of doing something you hate just because of the money. I... I had the inkling that this was something that I wanted to do around 2018. I was introduced to the concept of financial independence and the FIRE movement talks a lot about entrepreneurship and how you can create passive income sources on the internet that can allow you to retire early and become work optional. So once I found out about that and I realized that I already had something that was creating around that time, I was making like maybe two to $3,000 a month. So That was the plan at that point. I had to scale this up to a place where it could replace my full-time income, which I was making over six figures at this point. I was making over $100,000. So that was the first indicator that I had set for myself. Like Once you've gone to this point, you can quit. Then it was a matter of also talking to my husband about what the plan would look like for retirement for me, for healthcare, because... I don't have any entrepreneurs in my family, so I didn't have anybody to ask these questions to, but I knew at least that I could get health insurance through him because he still has a nine to five and there are options for retirement when it comes to being an entrepreneur. So once I had those major things in place, I also met with a CFP to make sure that my financial picture in general was solid. So did I have a robust enough emergency fund? Was I out of debt that was going to keep me in stress mode making this transition? And so luckily I had paid off my debt at that point. I got rid of my student loans and I had my full emergency fund. I bulked it up even more. And I also was contributing the max that I could to my retirement accounts at work before I made the leap. I had gotten the blessing of my friends and family, which I think is a big part of that psychological piece. I was ready to make the leap. Ironically enough, now that my blog earns over $10,000 a month, I don't actually have to blog anymore, which is wild. To a lot of people, they don't understand the concept of this 
Creating a passive income source, it requires a lot of upfront effort. So for many years, I was consistently blogging once a week at minimum. And I actually stopped around the end of 2020 and I haven't blogged since in my it just really just does its own thing at this point. So that's the power of especially blogging as a passive income source. Once you have enough traffic and it's consistent, that's when you can literally just walk away and let it do its thing. Now, I do regular maintenance on the website. I update old posts. I might reshoot a really old recipe that doesn't have the best pictures. I might restructure some of the formatting, but it really is just a self-run machine at this point. And so the thing that I don't think a lot of people understand about blogging is that upfront work that needs to happen. How to actually get traffic to a place where you can create this level of income, it's a science. Search engine optimization is a really key principle in creating digital content, whether you're talking about blogs or social media or whatever. But understanding how to drive traffic to your website is key. That's what I really started honing in on around 2016. And that's what changed the game for me. That's how I went from not making any money to then being able to consistently monetize. But that's not the only way that bloggers can monetize. I also do sponsored content. So I'd get hired by companies to create recipes with their products. And while organically weaving in their messaging to my stuff, I would also get hired to do like brand partnerships and also affiliate marketing. So there's a lot of different ways that you can monetize a blog. I know people that create digital courses that sell products that connect e-commerce stores. There's so many ways of making money on the internet. It's really limited by your imagination. Yeah. So I think entrepreneurship in general kind of sparked this overall, wow, I don't know anything about money. These thoughts start to show up for me. And I realized that I was learning about a lot of this stuff from social media, but I didn't hear any of these conversations happening in my own circles. So I became the person who people saw doing stuff like side hustling, like investing. I was always talking about money and my friends would be like, can you teach me this stuff? And so I think that's how it started for me and just realizing that these are not conversations we're having in the Latinx community. And as an engineer, I think I'm also programmed to find solutions to problems because that's how we're trained. And so I identifying the fact that this niche existed and it wasn't being served is what really inspired me to insert myself into the conversation. I had been listening to podcasts for years and I really wanted to find women of color who were talking about this. But every time I searched on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, the same people come up. You're hearing like, Dave Ramsey, Susie Orman, Jean Shatsky. And it's okay, but like, where's the Latinas? Where's the Black women? Where are the women of color who are talking about this? Because I know we're starting businesses. I know we're investing. I know we care about money because money impacts us all. So why aren't we having the conversation? And that's really the spark that lit the flame. I think having the faith that I could turn this into a full-time business helps you just show up in a different way. You start really getting serious about things like your pricing, right? Because your pricing is now going to determine how much food is on the table. And when it's still a side hustle, I feel like we can tend to just see that as play money. Like we don't have to take things as seriously. We don't have to ask for as much. So giving myself permission to really live into what it is to be a business owner before taking the leap to entrepreneurship was something that I decided to do. At the beginning of this year, I said, I'm not going to pay myself through my W-2 paycheck. I'm going to pretend like that money doesn't exist. 
and I'm going to start paying myself through my business. And if I can see that's sustainable, then I know I've already created the the runway, if you will, for me to be able to now take this leap confidently, knowing that I'm the one that's paying my bills. Like this paycheck that I'm earning doesn't even matter. So I think like doing those test runs is something that I would definitely advise so that you get into the rhythm of paying yourself and just putting food on the table. So you might be thinking to yourself, hey, I would love to start my own podcast, but I'm not sure where to start. Let me go ahead and suggest that you join the Impactful Pod Accelerator, which is ran by the ever so lovely Dr. Cassandra Dunbar of be Well Sis podcast. Yes. The Impactful Pod Accelerator is a five-week live coaching course designed to give you the foundational skills to make your podcast launch a success. If you've ever considered starting a podcast but quickly talked yourself out of it because you felt overwhelmed by the process, this accelerator is for you. Now, y'all know I don't promote things that I don't believe in and I don't introduce you guys to people that I don't mess with, you know, basically. And I have collaborated with Dr. Cassandra Dunbar many times, actually. And she's just so lovely. In fact, she started her podcasting journey through a wellness exercise given to her by her therapist. She has done an amazing job with her podcast, Be Well Sis. I know that you and your podcast idea will be in safe hands with Cassandra. So if you're interested in joining the Impactful Pod Accelerator, please utilize my link to sign up. I am an affiliate of this program, but it's at no extra cost to you. And it does support this here podcast. So check out the link in the description of this episode and on the Flourish the Foreign website. I think there's a lot of psychological stuff that you have to deal with when you're deciding to make the leap. For me, as the first person in my family to not only get a college degree, but a master's degree, I had to wrestle with this idea that I might be disappointing my family by choosing this alternate path that nobody imagined for me. And that takes a lot of mental work. That takes therapy. That takes finding a community of people. I I really had to find like other Latina entrepreneurs that I could lean on when I'm making this transition because my family wasn't going to understand. I told my dad, hey, I want to quit my job. And he's just, but why? You're making money with your side hustle and your job. So just do both of them. Meanwhile, I'm like, dad, I'm like, I've gained like 20 pounds. I can't sleep. I'm working like 17, 18, 19 hours a day, seven days a week. This is not sustainable. Like I know we're all about the hustle and the grind, but I'm also not trying to be a prisoner of my life. So having those conversations and having that level of transparency, especially with my family was a big part of it. And my mom, she was just like, are you sure? Are you sure you can do this? And I had to start showing her the numbers. I really had to start showing her mom. I'm making double in my business right now than what I am getting paid at work. Imagine what I could do if I had all this extra free time to just focus in on what I actually want to do. And that was what convinced them ultimately, like this was going to be a good decision because you can't argue with the numbers. (laughs) They are blown away. My father, the other day I was visiting them because they're in New Jersey and I'm in Florida. And he's just, I don't even recognize you anymore. I don't even know who you are. Who is this person that I'm talking to? Because if I couldn't even 
imagine what you're accomplishing. And it's just exceeding your own expectations is one thing, but like seeing your family light up when they, I almost feel like I gave them permission to also start questioning the status quo. Like my mom is now just, you know what? I don't think I'm going to wait five years to retire. I'm not about this life anymore. And she's, I'm, I feel like I'm giving them permission to just dream bigger by doing this. And that is so satisfying because at the end of the day, like you never know who you're inspiring. And sometimes like just moving in authenticity with what you want can give people the confidence to also do the same thing. What advice would you give to bloggers and content creators about growing their platforms? I initially struggled with how I was going to show up in the personal finance space. And I think that's a result of this expectation that so many of us as like women of color have, like we need to be corporate friendly or we need to code switch in order to be in an environment where we don't necessarily feel like we belong. And so I think initially when I decided to start my podcast, I thought I had to show up that way. I thought I had to show up as like the corporate version of Janice, right? Like the Investopedia version of Janice. And it wasn't until I said, you know what, this doesn't feel authentic and I'm not excited to show up like this, but I would be excited to show up. I'm going to brunch with my girlfriends and we're going to talk about money with no holds barred. That's when I really started to feel like this was something different. And that's when I started to show up authentically. So showing up as yourself, especially as a content creator, it's like, you must, because who are you going to be if it's not you? People can see through the BS. People can see when you're just trying to like package yourself in this perfect box versus showing the struggle, showing the realness, showing what makes you different. That's what people actually connect with. In order to actually grow your income as a business owner, you have to get very clear on how what you have to offer can help people and then be able to communicate that. Because when it comes down to it, when people spend money on anything, it's an emotional purchase. If you're able to connect on the emotional level with somebody and show them how working with you or buying whatever it is that you sell can have some sort of transformational impact on them, that's when you start to see the return on investment. And I think it's also important to diversify your income streams. When I was just blogging, I was just making a certain amount of money. But when I gave myself permission to not only have this one identity, but also try something else, that's when things started to really take off. And I think it's important to give ourselves permission to evolve as business owners. What I was doing in 2013 is not what I'm doing now. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. It's, I think it's so important as a business owner, like if you're not creating passive income and you have to show up for every dollar that you earn, you have literally created another nine to five hamster wheel for yourself. So if you take nothing else away from that, as you're scaling your business, you must incorporate some sort of passive income or you're going to be on the hamster wheel forever. I think a lot of us want success, whatever version of success that is, but we're too scared to put in the work because the work feels scary. The work, the investment, the time, the energy, the risk of failure, that's where things stop for a lot of us. And I knew that me as an introvert, doing what I do now doesn't make any sense. Not even my brain sometimes. I'm like, I'm literally getting hired to do speaking engagements where I was a freaking teenager and I would literally break out into hives from the anxiety of having 
and I would go up and like talk in front of an audience. So this fear kept me behind the scenes for a very long time. And I think that's also why I became a food blogger. Cause I'm like, nobody cares about my face. They just care about my recipes. <laughs> and even as a podcaster too, I'm like, nobody cares about my face. I just got to show up and talk on a mic and nobody will ever see me. But it wasn't until I gave myself permission to go beyond that, that things started to really happen for me. So I think when I think about that quote, it's really just like, that work ethic is not going to be able to replace any number of courses that you buy, any number of books that you read, any amount of advice that somebody gives you, you have to start implementing the stuff that you're learning because learning it is not enough. And that goes down to the same thing with money too, right? Like you can read till the cows come home about how to start investing, but if you never start, then you actually never accomplish anything. So at some point we're done with the learning, let's get to work. All right. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Build a Business Abroad mini season. I want you to one, take it all in, take a deep breath. You got this. Two, I want you to journal how you feel, initial reactions, initial ideas that you have. And I want you to know that with consistency, where you will find yourself in one year, let alone six months or even a month from now, is going to rock your world. Thanks to Zach Higgs for producing the music of this podcast. It's time for you to believe in yourself. And it's time for you to bet on yourself. You are more than capable and you are so ready for the next step. I'll see you next time. Bye.